0: Hello listeners, this is Producer John. Open Pike Night is gonna be at Trek Long Island 2024. From May 31st to June 2nd, Cameron and myself, Producer John, will be in the Big Apple, living long and prospering. We'll be hosting a panel. We'll be giving out stickers. We will have our microphones. Be sure to follow Open Pike on social media and subscribe to openpike.substack.com because we also will be giving away some Trek Long Island weekend passes. Trek Long Island is May 31st to June 2nd at the Hyatt Regency in Hopog, New York.
1: This is Christina Chong and you are listening to Open Pike Night, which puts you squarely on the naughty list.
2: was the night before Stardate 2387.12, when deep in the Beta Quadrant, Little Gorn intercepted a subspace transmission. Little Gorn was very excited to discover that it was a special time for cheer and parties and gifts on Earth. Big Gorn let Little Gorn know that as members of the Gorn species, they would never have goodwill toward humans or their allies in the United Federation of Planets. Welcome to Open Pike Night, the strange Yule Worlds podcast where your calls are the prime directive. I'm your host for this Christmas special, Jesse. And of course, with me as always is the immaculate, the mostly present, producer John T. Bolds. Producer John T. Bolds, how are you feeling? Uh, I'm feeling... Not great. Don't (laughs) get the flu, kids. (laughs) And of course, to round out our special little committee here is Cameron Greenshirt Harrison of Greenshirt, a newbie's trek through the next generation. Cameron, how are you feeling tonight?
3: Uh, I'm I'm feeling great. I could eat some cookies, eat some carrots, have a full glass of milk. And uh, just for tonight only, why don't you guys refer to me as campus? Oh.
2: <laughs> like like a college. <laughs>
3: yeah. Shit. I didn't think
2: this through. <laughs> well, that's right. We have decided to gather some very big voices and some regular size voices like our own for a very special Christmas special this year because we just couldn't help ourselves, and some really cool opportunities came up. So we're going to go ahead and dive right in.
3: Yeah, let's start with a little letter uh, to, to Santa, if we're Santa in this metaphor. I don't know. David Jones wrote in to us. Uh, he said, what's my favorite Christmas movie? It would have to be a few choices. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, Bad Santa, or the original Christmas Carol. Favorite Christmas song? Maybe the Run DMC song, LOL. Thank you, David. Good choices. Excellent choices. I think we're going to hear some of those uh, again as we go through. Yeah.
2: I tried really hard not to duplicate any answers from the guests that I knew the answers (laughs) of. But uh, yes, you will find there are some duplicate answers in here. We're going to be talking about all kinds of favorite Christmas movies, Christmas songs, as you heard. And of course, that means... There's going to be some Christina Chong here, so keep your ears open.
3: Well, let's just be, let's, let, let's just be honest with what's coming. Christina Chong is headlining this Christmas special of ours. We've got a three-part interview coming, so just keep listening. Uh, she keeps coming all night long. And we'll... Wow, freeze yeah, No, please.
2: <laughs> nope. Just keep going. Just team roll over that. <laughs> but before we get to Christina, let's... Have a nice, warm, open pike night welcome to our very good friend and patron, Caller Steve.
4: What's up, open pike night? This is Steve from Sincera, back from a long hiatus, and I came here to say one thing. Die Hard is a Christmas movie. And now I came to ask one other thing. And that is, what in the yippee-ki-yay, mother... <laughs> Do you mean to tell me that Jesse has not seen the Die Hard franchise? I am boycotting this podcast until you do. Live long and prosper.
3: Jesse, your viewing habits are starting to affect our download numbers.
2: I I do have a question, though, for Steve. How will you know that I've watched it if you're boycotting the podcast?
3: (laughs) 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 We'll just have to announce on our social media feeds, then.
2: Yeah. Pretty all much. right. Yeah. I guess I do spend some time on the social medias. Uh yes, Steve.
3: One hundred percent, Die Hard is a Christmas movie, and uh, and one hundred percent, Jesse does need to
2: watch it. All of them. I say I haven't even seen all of them. I've seen the first four. <laughs> yeah, I, I. I'm just. I'm not opposed. It just it kind of never happened naturally. But I know all about what is it, Nakatomi Plaza, mm-hmm. and uh, the guy falling out of the window. The so, guy. I mean, like that's basically most of the movie right hans (laughs) christmas icon (laughs) (laughs) yeah i feel like i feel like i've already seen it but we have a lot to get through tonight so let's go ahead and listen to part one of our christina chong interview
0: christina chong thank you for coming to the open pike night stage once again it's great to see you
1: great to be here thanks for inviting me back
0: is Runa there with you? Is she awake this she
1: time? Is. Oh to say hello, it's <laughs> camera time.
0: Oh, there she is. She's even more adorable in person. <laughs> All right. Well, we're gonna do the Runa praise section right now, then. Here is uh one of our first clips.
5: Yeah, Runa. We love Runa. It was so joyful to be able to dress Runa and such a great idea. We hope she comes back next season, season yeah. 3. Maybe as a <laughs> she can dress up as a baby gone or something. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> cute. But that.
0: <laughs> yep,
5: and oh, I remember cutting Runa into like her scenes too where she is making looks. I was like, "Yes."
0: She is very yes, good she's... at giving those looks. Yeah.
5: So cute. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So good.
0: <laughs> Bernadette Croft and Dana Gasparine. We had to make sure that Runa heard her praise. So, oh,
5: amazing! Yeah. Oh, you're famous, aren't you? Yes,
1: you are. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
3: when't she gonna make it into a music video?
1: Well, yeah, not yet, but she will, won't you? She has asked me. Oh. Maybe next Christmas. Next Christmas song.
2: <laughs> She's all about that hustle. Oh
3: yeah!
1: yeah. Oh, she is hundred percent.
3: All right, well, I want to start with, now that you're able to both acknowledge the existence of and speak about the musical episode, mm-hmm. uh, did that play a role in your uh, Twin Flames EP coming out? Did you kind of have to talk around the truth before?
1: Yes, yeah, so I did have to talk around the truth
3: before. Well done. So
1: basically, it had always been a dream of mine to do a just a single. It wasn't even going to be an EP. It was just like a single, really, or, or just have... One song out there in the world mm-hmm. and And I thought, I'll know when the right time is to do it, it will just happen. And so obviously, I'd pushed for the musical episode, and I you know would talk to anyone who would listen and asked for a Star Trek the musical. <laughs> and uh, it happened, and then, as I was rehearsing with Elaine overholt the um voice coach. She said to me, I think you should do an album. And I was like, oh, do you think I can do it? She kind of gave me the confidence to do it. So I thought, OK, I've always wanted to do this. I started off as a singer, singer, dancer, actor, doing all three. And so I was like, maybe this is the time. So I came back to London and I just said to my team, I was like, look, this is what I'm going to put out into the universe. If it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. So then I can't remember what I told you last time, but then I told you how I then randomly got connected to your hairdresser, I think. Yeah, Yeah, so you you know that bit already. I got connected to Jake Gosling, and he did my EP, and now he's doing also my album. So I've already started my album. I'm I'm four songs into my album.
0: Excellent.
1: All
3: right, so it's just that first piece you had to leave out before. That must been so tricky to
2: (laughs) to promote.
5: I know. (laughs)
2: <laughs> so the last time that we spoke with you was in Las Vegas And thank you for the signed EPs, by the way
1: You're welcome What was it
2: like being able to promote such a personal project While there were restrictions on actually discussing Star Trek?
1: It was amazing, especially because I had so many conventions throughout the summer mm. and, and so it was like, oh, perfect I can't talk about work anyway. So here we are, I'll talk about this. (laughs) So it was, I mean, it couldn't have been better timing really, could it? So um, the fact that I could not only just sell the EPs physically at the conventions, but also, you know, have something to talk about other than Star Trek was really nice.
0: That's great. How did uh, Fuck You for Christmas come about?
1: So, hmm. Uh, Do I tell the real story or do I tell the version of the real story?
0: That is up to you.
1: Uh, So it's to do with the real experience. And at the time I wrote the song, it was, I think, February this year. And it was an exaggeration, right? Mm -hmm. At that point in January, February, it was an exaggeration. This guy had said, oh, you know, she's just a friend. She's just a good friend, a friend, but a good friend. I'm like, hmm, interesting. I don't think she is, but whatever. Um, and so I wrote this song. And we did it in, like, an hour or so, me and Will Matthew, the guy who, who I write with. And, and we were like, yeah, just let's just keep saying fuck. Let's just keep saying fuck. We'll go through <laughs> it. And he's a great jazz – he's a great guitarist, full stop, but he's a great jazz guitarist. And I love jazz. I love, actually, to do a jazz album. And so – we wrote it and we were like, this is just funny. We wrote it a couple of hours. Let's just, we just put it on Instagram and just as a joke. And then I got such a good response from it. And I was like, oh, okay. People wanted it on the EP. I was like, mm, it's not really going to fit on the EP. But then when we we're all discussing, my manager and everyone we were all we were discussing, we need to put a Christmas song out. And I was like, I would love to do that. That's one of my dreams. And so in a meditation, it came to me to do the Fuck You song as a Christmas song. And I said, it'll be easy. Just have some sleigh bells in the background and then just say Merry fucking Christmas at the end. Done. <laughs> so we went back into the room and we wrote with uh, my manager, James Giddings, and music manager, and also Chesney Hawks, who you guys will know as the one and only single, the massive, massive hit in the 90s, I think it was, the Chesney Hawks. We also manages, and Will and myself in the room to make it Christmas, right? And at first we were like, we either go all the way Christmas or just do it in the production and, like I said, put a Merry fucking Christmas at the end. But then Chesney and Will and, and James, and they all came up with some really, really great additions to the song, and it ended up being full-on Christmas. I mean, everything that's to do with Christmas is in there, I think, practically, apart from maybe Turkey. Uh, For example, Chesney came up with the line, you're on the naughty list and no stuff is for you. Those, Those two lines, which I think are brilliant and they come right at the end when you're not kind of like expecting it. And then we all came up with, you know, some really great additions, became the Christmas song. But the funny thing is the day I went to record the vocals Mm -hmm. I had to go and record the vocals a few times actually because we had to have the the fuck you vocals and then we suddenly were like oh we need a radio edit (laughs) (laughs) let's change the words and go and re-record those bits so I did it a few times And so the day I went to record the fuck you was the day I found out that what I'd actually written as an exaggeration in February was real Oh. oh Ouch. So I was an hour late. I was recording the vocals at my manager's house, and I was like, "James, I'm gonna, I'm running about an hour late. I'm so sorry. I'll explain. It's good. It's all good, but I'll explain when I when I get there." And I was like, "What the fuck? Like, <laughs> like why is this happening on the day I'm recording the vocals, uh, which was about a month ago? Whatever." And I was like, "Oh my god, been massively duped, and you know." And so I was like. I went to James's house. I was like, James, I can't talk. We just need to sing. And I'll explain afterwards. Because I was like, if I start talking now, I'm going to start crying. And I'm going to be, it's going to be a puddle. And I'm not going to be able to. Because when you get really emotional, your vocal cords, you can't sing. So,
6: Mm -hmm.
1: so yeah. So without going into too much detail. Just the right amount. That's kind of the broad strokes of it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. If I may, you can hear that raw emotional nature In the song, Mm -hmm. so I mean, you spun gold out of. If I had to find out, that was the right timing. Yeah,
3: that was exactly
1: right. And that's the. To be honest, that's the first thing I thought. I was like, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. (laughs)
6: Good attitude.
3: Good attitude. Yeah.
0: Come to Open Pike Night. They said you'll with your trauma. They (laughs) (laughs) said. Well, we did actually manage to get the call out and get some callers to lend their voices to us. So here is our first caller, Jen.
5: Hey, Open Pike, this is Jen, season girl. I do love the first album, especially the song uh, Can't Show Love because I can relate to that pretty well. So for for Christmas holiday stuff, does does Runa get her own stocking? And if so, what kind of stuff do you put in it for? I hope you guys have an awesome holiday and all that happy stuff.
1: Oh, that is so cute. So, yes, of course she has her Christmas stocking. She has her own little stocking and she gets because she has allergies so she can only 100% venison like treats venison fish salmon is mainly what she eats so i get her her treats i always get her a load of balls because we're always losing them on walks so she can only have the really really tiny tiny balls and her fluffy toys and she's got so many toys i mean because we've got a whole load in canada and a whole load here as well so way too many toys (laughs) for a small dog so yeah so her stocking will be filled this year for sure
3: nice my uh we have a pet frog now because my son found it out at grandma's house and wow, uh, cool. somehow the kids found a tiny tiny stocking and they're like well this is for victor, <laughs> victor. So like all right the frog's got a stocking i'm still trying to figure no, out why?
0: this is new news you didn't even yeah, tell your co-hosts I'm... about this man <laughs> what the
3: <heck? laughs> So if anyone has any ideas on what to put in a frog stocking, let me know.
2: Well, it it sounds like you need to take a page out of Christina's book mm. and make sure all of your future contracts have what we call the Runa writer. Yeah. So that <laughs> when right. she gets to set, her treats are ready to go.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
3: So it sounds like you have a pretty uh, good relationship with Christmas. You uh, you, mm-hmm. you, know, you practice the stockings with your pet. You were excited about a Christmas song. Like, yeah, have you uh, you've got Christmas earrings, little Christmas trees. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Have you always been a, a big fan of Christmas as, as putting out a Christmas song always been a kind of a dream?
1: Oh, yeah. I've always wanted to do that. Like I have like videos, home videos when I was a kid, like singing at Christmas time, either my mom playing on the piano and me singing or my granddad playing the guitar and me singing all the Christmas songs over and over again. I remember one what was that and the fairy on top of the Christmas tree. In his head, the sad can be. Because no one ever notices the fairy on the Christmas tree. I kind of wanted to do one wow. like that. I tried to write one about a fairy on a Christmas tree to try and rip <laughs> that off it wasn't working. I, it, it was one of the ones we, we were like, no, throw that in the bin. Um, but, but uh, yeah, I love the family. I've got lots of young nieces and nephews. So it's really nice spending it with the children. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, like I I just love the whole family getting together. And I've got a big family, the six of us, six siblings, and obviously all the kids and, and partners. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. This year we're going to do... My mum and dad aren't together, so we do two Christmases. But with my dad's side, we're going to do... Everyone's going to come with, like, one or two ideas of a game Mm -hmm. and prizes for the game, because we're quite competitive. (laughs) So... My, I think my game is. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm going to do pass the parcel for sure because I think that's just nice, and I like you know make sure everyone gets a little present. Mm. Pass the Christmas parcel, but then I need another another idea for a game. Mm. Uh, but yeah, so everyone will just come and bring
3: gore and target practice.
1: Ooh, <laughs> gore and target practice.
2: Just, who's got the best hit single?
1: Yeah, um, yeah, that, that, yeah. That one, yeah, that one. That the only thing that would be over really quick. So. <laughs>
0: I thought you came to win. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Christmas songs—that—that brings up a good point. Uh, You posted your Christmas playlist yesterday, day before, and we wanted to ask you what your top five Christmas songs are.
1: Okay, listen, it's very hard to pick five. Okay, but I'm going to my notes here because, um, and I can't even put them in order. Like, I mean, listen, okay. Everyone's favorite Christmas, not everyone, but most people like Mariah Carey, All I Want for Christmas. It's just the the opening. It's just, it's just, we all know it's Christmas as soon as that song starts. Santa Baby, hmm. Ooh, which I appreciate. must say my song was inspired a little bit by. Okay. Um, mm, a bit of Andy Williams, It's the Most Wonderful Time of the Year. Okay. And for a bit of a, you know, a bit of a more old fashioned kind of vibe, driving home for Christmas, that's always one like, you know, that has to be played. And then it's, uh, <laughs> it's rocking around the Christmas tree, Brenda Lee, yes. sleigh ride, the Ronettes. Okay. And then White Christmas. Yeah. yeah, And then maybe it's cold outside. <laughs> 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 and so that's it. That's it. That, they're like, that's like 10 or something. I don't know.
3: Do you have a preferred singer for uh, Santa Baby?
1: Uh, Kylie, Kylie. Oh, okay, oh, okay. Yeah, it's got to be Kylie. Yeah. Yeah,
3: yeah, I grew up with Madonna, but oh, uh, did you? I did, yeah. But Eartha Kitts is also hard to top. You can't beat Catwoman.
1: Yeah, that's a classic one, isn't it? Yeah.
3: All right, guys. Well, that gets us to our first question for ourselves: What are our top five Christmas songs?
2: Ooh, do we want to go round robin or should we just do a list at a time? Uh, I practiced a list at a
0: time. Let's do a list at a time. Yeah.
2: Okay. okay. (laughs) Yeah. Cameron, would you do us the honors and open up your presents first? (laughs) Absolutely. I'm
3: with Christina here. This was really hard. Every year, every year, I'm like, what are my favorite Christmas songs? And it's been hard to choose. This segment has forced me to because I love Christmas. I love Christmas music. I don't think that there's a mainstream on regular rotation christmas song i dislike so i did some deep deep soul searching and i've 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 picked five i've got uh bean crosby's white christmas i'm a sucker for the bittersweet kind of sad christmas songs that tell tell a story take you to a place just like my second one christmas baby please come home by by darling love uh used in a uh uh, a Muppet Christmas movie I made once for uh, people. So that's probably why that has a special place. Uh, next song, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas by Frank Sinatra. I just, that one just feels like the most Christmas song to me. Love it. Uh, next, getting a little more uh, esoteric here Silver and Gold from the Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer uh, Claymation. Mm. Not the most well-known song from that movie, of course. There's some big ones from that movie, but Silver and Gold, I think the Miner sings it. Uh, but I don't know why I just, I love that song. You don't hear it on regular rotation, but it's good. Good, good, good. Go check it out. And then finally, I've got to go with some John Williams, the home alone theme somewhere in my memory. That's the title. I had to look that up. I didn't know it had a, a title somewhere in my memory is the home alone theme. And just, I, I, that comes on my playlist and I forget that it's from home alone. I'm just like, Oh yeah, that great song they use in home alone. Oh no. Written for the movie. And it's such an iconic.
0: It's tune. such a good song. Yeah. yeah. All right, producer John slide down the chimney and give <laughs> us your answers. All right. Uh, rounding out the top five is Christmas at grand zero by weird. <laughs> Al. Uh, I nice. always like that song. Yeah. Uh, my next two are very, very specific. Um, the deck, the halls from the Mannheim steamroller mm, Christmas mm-hmm, album. Mm-hmm. And also good King Wenceslas from the Mannheim steamroller Christmas album. Mm-hmm. It's that is hands down that, that, album means Christmas to me and has since my childhood and always will. And those, those synthesizers go on, man, if you have not heard Mannheim steamroller Christmas, go listen to it. A hundred percent. The only reason I didn't pick one of those tracks
3: is because the whole album is just kind of, I know. To me. I,
0: yeah. 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 I was like, what, what two are always like when I think that What are the two that pop in my head and those two are the first two, but that, that whole album is mm-hmm. insane. Um, and then my my next two are actually very generic and can be, like, it is a case-by-case basis for who's performing them. But Carol of the Bells, I think, is an absolute banger of a Christmas song. Mm-hmm. And then if you want to, if performed right, Oh, Holy Night makes me a big old mess every time, <laughs> just blubbering, <laughs> crying at that song every time, mm-hmm. so. Those are my top five. That's a solid fucking list, producer John. That, yeah,
2: that's <laughs> that's going to be a hard list to beat, John. Especially with my answers. You guys know me. I'm very... I believe the children call it basic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm just going to open up with Last Christmas by Wham! Hey. I don't care mm-hmm. no. about Whamageddon. I don't care how many people hate that song. Like It is a classic for a reason. And I think until... My next answer, this was the most modern song on my list, which of course, leads me to all I want for Christmas sure. is you, yeah, right, because to to take a subject like Christmas and write something that puts you at the top of the charts every single year like that's just an accomplishment, and I absolutely enjoy that song all the way through. My family loves the music video, my daughter loves to dance along to it, so. I had to pick that, of course, the one and only Mariah Carey. Now, this next one, there are two versions that I really like. Okay, so You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch is an absolute Christmas classic, mm-hmm. right? There's, there's no two ways about that. I really love the version sung by, is it sung by Boris Karloff? He t- narrates it. He might sing it. It sounds yeah. like the same voice. The first version of this song that I love, of course, is the original from the 1966 animated Dr. Seuss's How the Grinch Stole Christmas, which I maintain is the best version of that story. Get the live-action remake out of my face. I don't want to see the CG animated version of the Grinch. Only the original 1966 version lives in my heart. To parallel that, if you haven't heard the Gary Hoey cover of it, go check it out. It's all-electric guitar. It is just so much fun and it just it works for me i
3: believe thurl ravenscroft which is like the most amazing name wow. ever wow thurl
2: ravenscroft saying the yeah. song like that's even a christmasy name yeah. up next for me is going to be carol of the bells john as soon as you said that i was like i feel better now because i share good mm-hmm. taste with john and john is a good arbiter of taste <laughs> And then last on my list, not last in the rank, but just the, the fifth one that I came up with is Blue Christmas by mm-hmm. Elvis. There's, mm. there's something about a classic and that song, man, it gets you like like Cameron was saying, it's not necessarily the happiest Christmas song, but it really puts you in that mood of cold December nights. Mm-hmm. So I had to go with Blue Christmas. Guys, this is a, a banger, I've, I guess a fort. 14 songs. Cause we had one double. So yeah,
3: yeah. I, this is a great playlist. I think. Absolutely. I'll just give an honorable mention to the album, a very special Christmas. It's a lot of eighties, uh, covers of Christmas songs. Uh, and it's, it's really great. I think that, I think run DMC is on there and, oh, yeah. uh, yeah. Uh, Madonna's, uh, Santa baby. And that, I, I just grew up with that album. So that to me always is Christmas.
2: All right. Well, let's hear from our next few callers on their favorite Christmas songs and movies. Mm. First up, I think we've got Grayson.
4: Happy Holidays Open Pike Night. Thanks for having me on. Um, I, I have a, a song and a movie for you and neither of them are specifically Christmas related but they are kind of seasonally related so I hope that's not breaking too many rules. The first thing is a song um, and it's called A Song for a Winter's Night. Originally written and performed by Gordon Lightfoot but it's the Sarah McLachlan version that just makes me feel so warm and cozy. It's, it's like when Captain Picard Gets the blindfold taken off in, in the Nexus, and he's in that kind of Dickens house with the frosted windows and the snow falling, and a fireplace and overstuffed chairs, and a cup of Earl Grey tea, and 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 Guinan reminding him that time has no meaning. That's exactly what that Sarah McLaughlin song brings up for me, um, except without all the damn kids. Get rid of the kids, and, and that's the Sarah McLaughlin song. Um, as for movies, um, it's a Thanksgiving movie, not a Christmas movie that I love, but planes, trains, and automobiles always says holiday season to me as a person who, um, uh, frequently had to travel to multiple families and multiple cities for holidays and It really speaks to the dread that I start feeling in October, knowing the pressures and expectations of the holiday season are about to begin. Um, Also, the scene where Steve Martin is renting a car, that kills me every single time. I think it's where I learned to love the F word. And in the spirit (laughs) of that, merry effing holidays to all of you and to all, a good night. And those aren't pillows.
3: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I just rewatched that uh, Thanksgiving week. And uh, who's, who's uh, Dr. Crusher's friend from Remember Me, John? Dalen Quace. <laughs> Dalen Quace is in there. He falls asleep on Steve Martin's shoulder. So uh, it's good to see Good to see a TNG guest star there. Yeah, great movie. Great movie.
2: I have to agree. Like, it counts. Yeah. It, it's in the holidays. It totally counts. Thank you so much, Grayson. All right. Now let's hear from our good friend, Jen.
5: Hey, OpenPike, this is Jen. My favorite Christmas song is probably Mary, Did You Know? Because mm. it's, a, it's a nice, smooth song. Um, my favorite Christmas movie is a toss-up between Die Hard, which is a Christmas movie, or um, Emmett Otter's band. It's like a Jim Henson Muppets uh, stop-motion animation. I guess I don't know what it would be little puppets. Um, definitely my favorite from when I was a kid. Merry Christmas,
7: everybody.
3: Thank you so much for mentioning Emmett Otter's Christmas Jug Band, whatever the name of that thing is. I never <laughs> saw it as a kid. If I watched it as a kid, it probably would rank in my top five. Uh, I didn't watch it until just like 10 years ago, but it is everything you would expect. It is classic Jim Henson. It's so good. I definitely recommend anyone go
2: check it out. Man, who would have guessed that Cameron would love a Christmas movie with Muppets or puppets in it? What? That's crazy. That's (laughs) absolutely crazy. And now, we have a very special guest who recently joined us for our Stream of Thought series where patrons can join and watch along live with a movie or TV show that one of the Strange New World's writers used as inspiration when crafting one of their episodes, and I just cannot wait for you to hear the answers from Onitra Johnson. As a little bit of a treat, Onitra, if you were to pick like maybe your top three to five Christmas songs, what would they be?
5: I saw Grandma Kissing Wait, no, Mommy Kissing Santa. Not Grandma. Even though I guess that would be cool
3: too. This <laughs> so before or after she got ran over by the reindeer.
5: Yeah. I think that's why I was going to say that one next, and it just all <laughs> did a thing. <laughs> and Anything by Mariah Carey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Song. Yeah, I love me some Mariah Carey. And I guess I'm kind of a Grinch. It was funny. We were on a production call the other day, and um, one of our producers was like, let's sing Christmas songs. I'm like, I'm out. <laughs> 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 oh, so
8: you're the
2: mean one on set, I see. <laughs> Unless they feed me. <laughs> <laughs> we got Horta Burgers. Who wants Horta Burgers? Yes. <laughs>
5: it's got some sort of goo in here.
6: <laughs> be
3: looking for uh, the audio version of that episode dropping sometime in January. You'll be able to listen to
2: our conversation with Anitra on The Devil in the Dark. And that's where the Horta burgers joke comes from. I just I didn't just have that ready to go in ca- in case you're wondering. You got the punchline a month before you hear the setup for that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a <laughs> it's a time travel joke. <laughs> well, as you know, we cannot have Christmas without presents. I mean, you can. That's like the whole point of the Grinch, but <laughs> We figured, you know, since we as Star Trek fans did get the very special present this year in the form of the season 2 Blu-ray deleted scenes, we figured we'll just pick our favorite deleted scene and talk about it a little bit. I think for me, it has to be the bar scene that got cut out of Under the Cloak of War. This is right after Ortega storms out and I believe Chapel and then Benga end up following her and they kind of had this little meetup at the bar, and it shows that once it's just those three, they're totally fine because again, with the theme of the episode, they're veterans, so they get it, and they fully understand why they had to leave, and they share a drink. It's a really warm scene, it almost has a Christmas feel to it, but I totally get why they cut it it It, it adjusts the pacing of that episode just. A little bit too much, I think, but I am very glad that we at least got to see it on the Blu-ray. I agree
3: with that. And it's the only Morteigus deleted scene we got too, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah,
2: I did put in my notes, I can't believe they cut an Ortega's scene, (laughs) but but then I slowly realized why they did it. So I I will be okay eventually.
0: I I've super enjoyed Spock trying to chew gum. Yeah. That was just, (laughs) (laughs) we heard about it, we got to see it payoff was there of all the scenes if i
3: could only put one scene back in i think i'd, I'd make an argument for that scene staying in yeah it was uh, yeah so I, I think good. it would
2: fit and i think it would work i have to assume it was only cut for time i wonder if it was only cut because well
3: it definitely looked like ethan peck was corpsing there at the end like that was that was ethan laughing <laughs> that was not spock <laughs> ah gum nuts and pickles uh <laughs> so I, I, I missed the note a little bit i just took notes on all the deleted scenes or at least the ones that jumped out to me Uh, just the broken circle was a really interesting one because one, I always feel bad for actors who are only in deleted scenes. There's the, Mm. (laughs) the woman there at the beginning who I'm like, Oh, she was so excited to be on star Trek. She got everyone to watch the episode when it premiered and she didn't make it. But yeah, that scene did not need to be in there. Everything that scene did, they did in three lines at the end of that episode. So I, I thought they did the right thing there. Um, a lot of the tomorrow and tomorrow, tomorrow scenes, they were fine. They were definitely fine to cut, too. It was, it was fun to see a little bit more interplay between Kirk and Lon, but they they didn't need to yeah. be in there. Uh, Gum scene definitely should have stayed. Lost in Translation had some marvelous deleted scenes. The scene with mm-hmm. Pelia in the hallway, that would probably be my second choice to stay in. The awkward staring between her and Una at the end was... Just
2: fucking gold. It was so good. It was (laughs) was really good.
3: The longer conversation on the shuttle, some of it I might have kept in. Some was good to leave. Um, Those old scientists, was. it was kind of cute, but again, that was not needed to be. Everything worked without that scene. Um, Hmm. Agree with Under the Cloak of War. And then finally, of course, we get our Klingon opera that we've all been waiting for. Now, at the end of the day, I definitely think that it was right to go with the K-pop. It definitely the crew's reaction and maybe they were just using reaction shots when they told the crew to react to K-pop because it did not work for the Klingon opera. When Pike turns away at the end and was like, what the fuck was that does not work for the opera. But I kind of think the opera worked better to get you into it. And I think maybe only because I could actually understand what the Klingons were singing in the opera version. Whereas like, I only know like half the lines in the K-pop. Uh, so I liked hearing actually what they were saying and, and they were funny lines. So that was, that would be my only, uh, A reason to to give a thumbs up to the opera
2: well not not to be a krampus or anything cameron (laughs) but i just i think the k-pop is just a better song and it fits better with like the feeling of the episode which is kind of this light yeah airy yeah energetic and it it i don't know there there's to your point there was kind of no spot for them to react in any way other than what did we just see? And I think if you show us the Klingon opera, that's what you expect, right? I think
3: the and energy 100% is why the K-pop works. But I think, yeah. I think that's why the Klingon works for me, like the first beat going to it. Is it such a shift? It's funny. It is. And then it overstays us welcome that slow yeah. pace. I can
2: agree yeah. with that.
3: Yeah. But yeah, that was our only new Strange New Worlds material we'll be getting for who knows how long, a year and a half. So we had to uh,
2: we had to savor those new scenes from that world. Speaking of things to savor, let's go ahead and play the next part of our Christina Chong interview
3: back to your music you know I've noticed you've been doing a lot of promo on social media with that is that something that comes naturally to you or are you kind of still finding your your way through that world
1: to be honest like it's fun for a few days when you start a new a new a new, a new, <laughs> new project and then it suddenly goes like oh my god I have to do it again and again <laughs> I've got to keep pushing this like it is work I'm not gonna lie it is a mm-hmm. full-time job And obviously I have a team helping me in the background but like even then it's still because i've got to be the one like even when i finish this i've got a couple more interviews and then i've got to do like a whole load of things as well for, for this uh christmas song but yeah i it's it's that thing isn't it that's just how social media works not everyone's going to see your post mm-hmm. but you have to keep posting you have to keep daily kind of this is a daily grind isn't it but but yeah i mean i do enjoy parts of it but it's also relentless yeah.
2: As our social media person, I'm sure Jesse can relate. Yeah. So it is <laughs> relentless. Yeah. And yeah, that, that kind of clamoring for the attention span that's already so short, right? Mm. It's like, I just need to stay in front of people's eyes.
4: <laughs>
6: like, yeah.
0: Maybe by the eighth time they see our link, they'll click it. <laughs> yeah, I... uh, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so with that, and with all the new things you've gotten into with your musical career, what's been the biggest surprise as you've embarked on your musical journey?
1: um i guess the fact that i mean i know it's going that actually people want to listen to my music <laughs> because i did it i did it as like a fun thing for me and i genuinely wasn't thinking that people would actually want to listen like i just thought it would be out there as spotify or maybe get 50 monthly listeners or something like that but the fact that it's taken off in such a way of it's a thing and i now have a music manager I now have all these like ideas and suddenly visions for the future with it. And I'm like, where did that come from? It just came from like, oh maybe, let's see. And now suddenly there's a career path almost mm. for it. So that was the biggest surprise actually. The fact that it's actually gonna potentially become something. And and because it it's just fun, I just love it. Like that part of it, not the promo part, but I, <laughs> I yeah, I love I love the singing, I love the creating together with people, the fact that you can do it in one day. And, mm. and suddenly you have a song. Um, I haven't got to uh, performing live yet, but that will be for next year. Like I definitely want to build up to that and get to a point where I'm comfortable with that. Learning the guitar so I can start writing my own stuff by myself. Mm. You, you only mm. need to learn like a few chords, right? I, normally I need somebody with me. That somebody actually wants to manage me as well it's like and believes in me. Like he, he sent me... Um, he went. He knows one of the guys in Muse, and was want to watch them at the O2, and he sent me a picture from where he was sat or stood uh, of the stage at the O2 in London, huge marina. And he sent to me, he's like, "This would be fun, wouldn't wouldn't it?" And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> and I the fear in me the fear, and I was like, "Uh, yeah, but um, can we build up to it? As in like." Let's let's just like calm down here. And he replied saying, I haven't actually told him this, so he'll probably listen to this and he'll find out. But um and then he replied going, Oh yeah, I wouldn't be working with anyone if I didn't think this was a possibility. And I was like, No, that's not what I meant. He
6: thought
1: let's build up to it. But I was like, No, no, no. So so that's kind of in my mind now, and you know, there's so many things I'd love to do and, and I and I just feel like I don't want to pigeon myself with my Sound like I feel like I can do and I want to do lots of different things, you know. And I will sound different, like musical theatre sounds different to pop, sounds different to jazz, you know. My my Christmas song sounds completely different to my EP, and obviously the space um, rhapsody. You know, it's all my voice is different. So I would love to keep tapping into that, and not just on the commercial pop side, but also just in general, just, I just want it to be fun. So if it's fun, I'll do it kind of thing.
2: Very cool. Was
3: there a moment when you realized it had become bigger than you had anticipated?
1: Well, I think that's when uh, my man, when I had somebody wanting to represent me, I was like, Mm. you you (laughs) think you can make money out of me? Really?
2: (laughs) (laughs) This is real. That's cool.
1: Um, (laughs) But yeah, that, that was the point really where I was like, Oh, okay, and then the fact that we sold out all the EPs like so quickly had to get more in, and was just not expecting it, any of it. That's awesome! All.
6: Very
2: cool. Mm-hmm. So, speaking of doing it because it's fun, yeah. Open Pike Night has a bit of a convention tradition that dictates mm-hmm. that we sing karaoke with fans that we meet at conventions.
6: Mm-hmm.
1: So,
2: what is your go-to
8: karaoke song?
1: I'm crazy, I'm mm-hmm. crazy for feeling, da, da, da. I don't know the words now. <laughs> I'm crazy for trying, and I'm crazy, da, 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 and I'm crazy for loving you. Yeah, that would be my go-to, I think.
2: Good choice. Excellent. Like, guys, yeah. we got we to gotta learn that song. And yeah. That next
1: time. <laughs> <laughs> or it would be, obviously... Summer Love in Greece.
2: Oh, oh, okay. Well, that one we all know.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. A fun one.
3: I was at a karaoke place the other day that had uh, Subspace Rhapsody, the whole album in it. Yep. No. tried my kidding. hand at I'm the X, really tanked on it, but that, that's me. <laughs>
1: Wow! I tell you what, though, how would that feel? Would be is a freaking hard song to sing at karaoke. Yeah, I wasn't going to attack anyone. I mean, even I could pull that off at karaoke. (laughs) (laughs) All
0: right, we have another caller here. Here is Abby returning to the Open Pike Night stage.
7: Hey, hey, Open Pike and Christina, it's Abby Summer from the First Flight Podcast. So nice to talk to all of you again. As this year draws to a close and we're in our festive, reflective time of the year, I know I always look back and think about something that I might have learned over the past year that I want to carry with me into the future. Now, it doesn't have to be something big and earth-shattering. It could be something silly and little, like learning how to poach the perfect egg. So I'm wondering, what have you all learned throughout this year? Christina, this is for you mostly, but gentlemen, you're welcome to answer as well. What's something you want to carry with you into 2024 and beyond that you have gotten from this year, 2023, which has had quite a lot of ups and downs. I hope this finds all of you and yours well, and we will talk soon.
1: Great question, Abby. Um, Yeah, so for me, this is quite interesting. So when I was a little girl, I think I was eight, when me, my granddad was kind of like my, you know, idol when I was a little girl, like I loved him. I would go everywhere with him. We lived with him for a period of time. And when I was eight, he left my gran for for another lady and kind of cut me off. That connection that I had with my granddad mm-hmm. kind of went. And I was very traumatized by that. As a kid, I was really upset and never really had a relationship with him ever since then, up until last week when I went to, because, you know, and he closed his heart. I did see him a few times here and there, but it was never the same. Like he closed off his heart and I had closed off my heart. So it was all mm. very surface level. That connection had gone. But I always held out hope that it would come back one day. And I think part of why it wasn't allowed to be there between us is you know when you've cheated i guess and and gone with the new the new family the new life there's obviously fear in the new relationship that either you could go back or you could cheat again or you know so obviously the new lady i was never allowed to be on my own with my granddad ever again after that Mm -hmm. point so i could never gain that connection and I and i Still hope that one day it would come back and I'd have the opportunity so anyway last week my mum he's has dementia now and um and his wife wanted a bit of respite so he went to a care home for a week and I just saw that as my opportunity I was like this is the time when I can be alone with him and so I went up and obviously there's years later decades later and I just told him everything of how I'd felt and how much I missed him and how much I loved him and how I never thought this day would come. And, you know, and, and we were both just, he was, I have a video of him just crying his eyes out and, and he remembered who I was and, you know, I let him listen to the fuck you song and he was laughing and I, and he's like, oh, he said, I missed you too. i would what I missed. I thought you'd gone forever kind of thing. So it was like a a moment that I had with him that I never thought would, come but what it taught me was um love never disappears it's always there in the ether in the, this world as energy you choose whether to cut that off or not and same with anything really like a rejection abandonment those kind of things like you choose to accept that or not so yeah so love is always there it doesn't disappear like I never thought that years and years and years later I would still be able to have that same connection with my dad that I had when I was eight. Well, granddad that I had when I was eight, I saw it in his eyes, that same look that I remembered. So that's my thing. That's my lesson that I'm taking into the next year.
6: I love it. Nice.
2: I uh, learned how to perfectly poach an egg. So that was, (laughs) I'm just kidding, Abby. That's not really what I
0: learned. I, No, no, no. I learned how to perfectly boil eggs, like, in the last couple
2: months,
6: (laughs) so.
0: I actually learned that you should try to be grateful
2: while you're in the moment. Like,
6: Mm. there's,
2: when we were in Las Vegas, we kept looking around just kind of in awe of, like, look at all these Trekkies, here for this cool thing, look at the fun that we are having turn off the analytical part of your brain for like two minutes. Just enjoy yourself because, you know, the whole time we're there, we're like, who do we need to see next? How do we, you know, get our name out? Mm -hmm. Who should we give stickers to? Like which booths should we go to? Mm -hmm. But it was really just like, once we kind of relaxed a minute, I think probably after the first day, it was just like, this is an absolute blast and we don't need to think about the next day or the day after we can just live in this. And, I'm going to make a genuine effort to do that because getting to make this show is so much fun. And obviously people like you, Christina are part of what makes it that way. So thank you again for being here.
1: Oh, That's amazing. That's beautiful.
2: I would say uh, it's not worth putting a whole lot
3: of time and energy into something that doesn't drive you, especially Mm. career wise.
1: Yes, Um, If you're
3: not feeling something, don't try to force it.
1: Yes. Look
3: for what makes you
2: happy.
1: Yes. And then it will come. If it makes you happy and you're having fun doing it, you're actually having fun doing it, it will happen. Yeah.
2: My uncle used to always tell me, just leap and the net will appear. Mm-hmm. I promise. I
1: love that. Yeah. I a love leap that.
0: of faith from the lion's head. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely learned there's no beast that's too big to be eaten with enough small bites. Like, it, No matter how daunting something is, like, keep working at it a little bit at a time and you'll get through it.
1: I love
0: that. This is a good episode, you guys. Dang.
1: <laughs>
0: Thank you, Abby. Wait, where's Star Trek podcast. We oh. should <laughs> we oh, talk right, right, right. Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right.
1: Well,
5: I don't think mentioned it hardly at all, have we?
2: <laughs> Nobody does not like Christina Chong. Am I right, gentlemen? <laughs> I mean, seriously. <laughs> Nobody. This Except is... It was
0: so fun to talk to her again.
2: Yeah and she had the christmas outfit on it was she had little christmas earrings we got to see runa i mean it Skiruna. was it yeah. was like
3: the whole other christmas present it really was 100 percent. and you know every time we this was only a 45 minute chat and we still got some like deep stuff from her like some stories yeah. these people have stories and know how to tell their life stories thank you abby for your question which really brought a lot of that up uh let's just jump to your call next
7: Hey, hey, open pike. It's Abby Summer from the First Flight Podcast. Happy and merry, whatever you and yours celebrate, and to all the other people listening out there. I just have to throw in here that I am not the world's most festive person, but I have two things in the holidays that I always love. One of them is Muppet Christmas Carol. The Muppets are another huge love of mine, and that is the perfect version of A Christmas Carol, and I won't hear any other talk. But really, my first love at Christmas time since I was young enough that I don't even remember time before it, is the Abominable Snowman from the classic Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Because I really think that there need to be more monsters in holiday fare. Because he's just fun. And I have a great collection of uh, Abominable Snowmen that turn up all around my house and my classroom and all that. and Because you know what? It's just fun. And half the time I feel like roaring in the holidays anyway. So, hope all of you and yours are well. And remember, Bumbles Bounce! <laughs>
2: You guys, I can't be the only one that has a hard time believing that Abby is not the most festive person. I know (laughs) that just threw my whole worldview out of whack. Yeah, but thank you so much, Abby. You are one of our most consistent callers. You always bring the insight and the brilliant questions, and guests are always happy to answer them because you spent time figuring out what to ask. So thank you Mm -hmm. so much, Oh. Abby,
3: I'm going to go ahead and make a guess right now. As you are listening to this in this moment, you're wearing a festive Christmas sweater and mixing a bowl of cookies. I'm just, that's my guess. Let me know on social media how close I am.
0: <laughs> and I want to thank Abby and all of our patrons for all the support they give mm. us and and carrying us through, helping us make Open Pike possible. And, uh, you know, we got our 25 uh, minute set supporters, Steve, who we heard from earlier, Mark, who we're about to hear from, Pam. But every supporter we have is just the best. The best. And on that
2: note, let's go ahead and hear from Mark.
9: Hi, everyone. This is Engineer Mark, and we're talking holidays. Woo! Two years ago, I was not in a good place for any of this. And now I'm really finding my way now to where, yeah, I can really be happy about the holidays. Yeah, there are two parts to it. There's the movies. There's Die Hard, which... Yeah, it isn't really a Christmas story movie, but I really feel it is a holiday season movie, might be the best way to put it, because it's set there. There's a lot of lines being thrown around that all tie to the holidays. It's it, it's become a tradition to watch it over the holidays. It really has. Um Second, of course, is the pure masterpiece that is White Christmas. Uh Erling Berlin, genius on all the music, which my favorite piece of music in there is actually not the uh, main line. It is actually this one, the song that they're doing when uh, the general comes in for the big surprise party. We'll follow the old man wherever he wants to go, long as he wants to go, opposite to the foe. Serious emotions when I watch that. It's been that way since as long as I can remember, not just after Mary, no. I hope you all have a fantastic holidays. Happy New Year. And live long and prosper.
0: I can't remember the last time I saw that movie, but man, Mark singing that, I was like, oh yeah, yeah, that is a good song. I always forget
3: <laughs> that's how it starts. I remember the last time I watched it, it was about five days ago I was watching it. It didn't finish the whole thing, made it about halfway, uh, but my kids were like, dad, why are you watching these old movies? <laughs> <laughs> but I did just hang up a Star Wars poster in my son's room, which uh, features Peter Cushing and Alec Guinness. So jokes on you, kid. Got him. That's
2: right. Take that, child. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, then let's go ahead and get the rest of Onitra's Christmas favorites from our recent discussion with her. Some of the folks in our Discord server have been like binging Dan Christmas movies, rating them against each other, (laughs) putting all their favorite parts in the chat, that kind of a thing. So they don't have to be specifically Dan's movies, but two or three of your favorite Christmas movies, please, Onitra.
5: So my favorite one is, I hope I have the title right. It's the Christmas story. The one where he's yeah. like, he gets the BB gun. Oh, yeah. With Ralphie. <laughs> yeah, I love that movie. <laughs> it's so great. Um, Die Hard's my other Heck one. Yeah. Nice. It is a Christmas Aww. movie and I love it. <laughs> I think Gremlins is a Christmas movie too, didn't they? Wasn't that That is Christmas? my number
3: one Christmas movie, which uh, <laughs> oh. I will be or will have revealed on on our show. <laughs> yeah. Yes,
5: very cool. It's, it's so great. <laughs> so that
2: that movie is insane. Spoiler alert! Right. Spoiler alert! Yeah, <laughs> <You're just kidding. laughs>
3: I am loving all the die hard love people are getting. We are have the right crowd and as, as our
2: listeners. And now we have a very special non-holiday guest. Just to <laughs> give you a little bit of a break, if you're one of those people that is like, are we only going to talk about Christmas and holiday stuff here? The answer is no. We have a very special guest here that Cameron was able to get a little bit of a conversation going with while he stood in line to meet Rebecca Romaine, Una Chin Riley.
3: Hey everybody, so I'm in line waiting to get Rebecca Romaine's autograph on our Ad Astra poster, and I've got some fans here. Hi sir, have you watched Strange New Worlds?
10: Yes, I've seen Strange New Worlds. Uh, I was actually in an episode of Strange New Worlds. Uh, I portrayed uh, Commander Ransom. Commander?
3: Oh, I, I didn't quite recognize you, I'm sorry.
10: Yeah, That's okay, my name is Jerry O'Connell, I'm in... I'm in... Um, Lower deck. Jerry McDonald? Jerry O'Connell, O'Connell. Okay, okay. O'Connell, I'm... O'Connell. Play- I played Ransom. I'm a number one, same as my wife, Rebecca Romaine
3: That's a Star Trek show, too, right? Lower Deck?
10: Yes, it's the animated series. Uh, some would say it's the funniest, sharpest Star Trek show on currently.
3: You and a couple other
10: people? Yeah, some big stars. Tawny Newsome, Jack Quaid, Eugene Cordero. Oh, they were on uh, Strange New Worlds, weren't they? They were on Strange New Worlds. So was I. My character, Ransom, was on Strange New Worlds.
3: And I have to say, your uh, line of uh, numero Una being the hottest commander was amazing and very well delivered.
10: Uh, for everyone listening, this was a joke. We're uh, we're we're ex-friends. I I'm not allowed. Uh, it's not Twitter anymore. It's ex-friends, right? That's yeah, good. we're we're friends on X, and uh, we're here at uh, Rose City Comic Con. Everybody, hey, exciting! Thank you for talking with us. Oh, thanks, man. I love your feed.
3: I thought he was breaking up with me there for a second. <laughs> <laughs>
2: X friends. I gotta be honest. The first time I heard that clip, I was like, "Cameron, what are you doing? <laughs> like, like it's a good bit, but like, can you keep it going? It sounds like he could get mad at you, but man, what a great, great little snippet of an interview! Really well done, Cameron. He was just a pleasure. He was just hanging out in
3: the crowd, taking selfies, having chats, signing things. Uh, yeah, complimented uh, our our feed there at the end. He likes following us on." it's twitter jerry i'm sorry i'm gonna to have to disagree with you there but yeah and then yeah very game to do all that and uh he was he was a great guy great guy if you're ever uh
2: get to go see
3: rebecca romaine at a comic con i hope jerry is there to keep you entertained in line
2: very clear why anson mount is such a big fan of jerry i mean that that sounded like it was a ton of fun yeah Speaking of a ton of fun, let's go ahead and hear the last part of our very fun interview with Miss Christina Chong.
3: Jumping back into season two, Christina, mm-hmm. how when did you learn that you would be getting out your whole standalone episode? And like, what was your reaction to learning about Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow?
1: So I knew actually when I arrived in Toronto, Chris Fisher um, literally talked to me through a few of the first he said yes yeah, you've got a two-hander with Paul Wesley I was like oh amazing so cool and it, and the, it was there was talk about it being shot in New York originally but then mm. it was too much with like the COVID still and everything so that's why they 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 made it stay in Toronto and better as well because I think it's much better in Toronto but I found that out but what I didn't realize when I actually got the script that I'm in every single scene of the episode like there's not one scene that I've got off I was like oh wow I've never done this before okay (laughs) um so that was a really good challenge for me in not just preparation because when you're already in to a season I'm filming episode two which was also not huge for me but I had a lot of you know a bit of fodder in there so it wasn't Mm -hmm. nothing
6: Mm-hmm. So
1: I then had to prepare for that really quickly, and as I was going, but yeah, it was it was an amazing opportunity.
2: So speaking of tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow,
5: mm-hmm.
2: was it a kind of a relief to be able to just sort of wear street clothes, or was it? harder to find your character when you're not in uniform we've heard for example anson mount says he's an outside in actor so once he's in costume he's got it locked down
1: oh interesting didn't know that about anson okay um no no, i'm the other way around i'm an inside out i think so i'm gonna be honest i found that episode quite hard because i i didn't know where to pitch it and where to pitch what, because Lance has been so like, you know, this, I was like, I don't know, how far do we go? And we'd, had we filmed the last scene first? I had a feeling like we did. Mm-hmm. Oh, I wow. feel like we filmed the last scene first.
3: On the Enterprise? with.
1: Yeah, because that was the first time I saw, yeah, because that was the first time I saw Paul that season. Yeah, I think it was then. And he did his bit on, on the iPad. Mm-hmm in the same room but just oh. in the corner so we were doing oh. it at the same time
3: That's nice brilliant
1: Yeah it was tricky but the costumes for me I guess helped a little bit except that it was just freaking freezing so like <laughs> in out in Toronto it was like minus 17 or something ridiculous Ooh. but feels like minus 23 or something So yeah I had to really keep track with Amanda the director of where I was going and when and how much and it, it was mm. quite I mean, there were a few scenes where I was like I'm not getting this I'm not like take tank 20 <laughs> 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 sorry sorry.
3: how many takes did it uh take for that last scene where you you break down because I mean I think we can all attest that is a highlight of season two
1: I have a my memory says that that the take they used i mean of the close up because obviously mm. we work wide and then come in and um, the performance is in the close up really so of that i would say i think it i have a feeling it was the four, third take i think it was the third take did you well,
3: feel like you had nailed it? Did you feel proud of that moment because it's incredible Christina
1: yeah yeah I was like that's as good as it gets getting bye guys <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's understandable so yeah, yeah. Lon and Kirk's relationship is one of the running through lines throughout season two mm-hmm. did the showrunners give you and Paul Wesley time to like hang out and work on building the chemistry the on-screen chemistry or how no, that work?
1: no it was just it was just Good luck, really. That we had chemistry, so my we have the same acting coach, and we worked mm, with the same mm. acting coach for this episode, actually. So uh, she was like, "Oh, go and have dinner with Paul before you do your first scene." No, was yeah, no. For, before the kissing scene, I think we mm. shot the crying scene first, and then the next day was like the kissing scene, or something like that, or it was the same day, something I don't know. Anyway, so I was like, "No, I don't need to. I'll be fine. I'll just like wing it and fake it and." And she's like, no, trust me, I think you two will really get on. So go and have dinner. I was like, mmm. And she kept saying it throughout the whole call. I was like, okay, I get th- I get it. I get it. You're just get it with him. But I kept saying, nah, nah. She said, Well, up to you, up to you. But I'm telling you I think you should. And so the call ended. And I was like, Oh, fuck it, I'll just text Paul, do you want to go for dinner? And I was, like, I, was like, I was like, Yeah, yeah, sure. So we met at Soho House in Toronto. And we just got on really well. We both have, our dogs are both service dogs. I was talking about our dogs most of the time. And we were both going through similar things romantically as well. So that kind of, we went deep quickly. So yeah, so it was kind of synchronous, I guess, that we just had that chemistry as friends and and also really, really glad because that episode was very hard work to film. We didn't have the luxury of we finish when we finish. It was like we have to finish when the daylight ends, you know, and it's in winter. So, so yeah, it was a lot of fun with him and lots of laughs. And, yeah. Excellent.
0: We do have another caller here about getting us into Subspace Rhapsody. Here is Ashlyn. Okay.
5: Hi, Christina. Big fan. My name
1: is Ashlyn. And as a fellow singer, I am wondering how long the musical episode took you compared to the other episodes that you did for Strange New Worlds. Did it take you a long time to learn the music? Was there a lot of choreography
11: and things? I'm just wondering about that whole process and what it was like for
1: you. Thank you. Thank you for that question. So I think... It was roughly around three weeks before we filmed that episode that we got our songs, that we all started okay. getting our songs. Wow. So then we would go in at any spare moment we had, we would go in with a vocal coach or the choreographer, Roberto, and we would go in and work just in, if, if we had a gap between scenes. Hmm. You know, we were in co- We'd go in costume and just go and just. And sh- they were always around, and we just had to go find them whenever we had like a half an hour break or whatever. <laughs> and then we also had to come in on weekends, and we had to rehearse the dances and the stunts and songs at weekends as well. We also then had to record them, so we only had because we had to record before we filmed. So we mm-hmm. only had really two weeks to work on the songs maybe two three two and a half weeks before we then had to start recording them a studio. And that was for me that off oh, I knew this would happen, but I can't remember if it's actually in the show or not, if they used that take. I don't think they did, but it might be on the C D. But when I sung the song the whole way through, I knew because it was such a big thing for me that my whole career had come 360 and that Star Trek mm. had given me this gift. I knew that when I was, when I would be in the studio recording this, that that last moment would make me cry. And it did. And there is that, and it's real that that thing is like me just breaking down in that studio because it was such a big thing for me to be able to finally live out a dream, you know? Yeah.
2: That's really cool. Mm. Very cool. So outside of how would that feel? Mm-hmm. If you had to pick a favorite song from the musical, what would you pick? I think that's Tom Pulci's favorite too.
1: <laughs> <da, da, da.
6: laughs>
1: Jesse's song, I
0: love it. Oh, yeah. Oh. It's so good. It's very good. Yeah. All right, I'm
3: going to try to squeeze a quick question in, actually, because I have to know I've got you here, Christy. I, I know you were in a deleted scene of The Force Awakens, Star Wars. Uh, I don't know if there's any more you can tell us that you you haven't spoken about before, or maybe just what the audition process was like for that.
1: I went, because it was like, because it's all so top secret, especially back then it was as well. Sure. Now, but they were all like dummy sides. I, uh, I just remember it being red paper and being loads of people that I knew were there. And we just, there was no, it was like a, I can't even remember the name of what it was, but it was everyone got the same sides, mm. no matter what we were auditioning for kind of thing.
6: Uh-huh.
1: So, yeah, so that, I think I only went in once and then they offered me, oh, but it was a tiny role. It was like a glorified extra, you know, but I still uh-huh. got to work with JJ. But I was on the set the first day of the shoot working with JJ Abrams and had to like cry and break down like for real in just like that. Like, you know, he was like, right now, can you just cry as if you've just lost your son?
6: I was like Oh wow.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: <And then laughs> sure, JJ Abrams. Then
1: action. <laughs> yeah. And then I had to re film those scenes. So it was out in Abu Dhabi in the middle of the desert and then I had to refilm them in London at Pinewood Studios. So I got paid twice for that job. Nice.
2: Can't <laughs> complain. No. Get yeah. paid twice and you're not even in the movie? Like that's yeah. that's a high bar. And
5: I get residuals. I get residuals that's it.
2: brilliant. <laughs> I'm gonna go stream it right now.
0: Exactly. <laughs> so I know it's very early on in the production. Do you have any uh one-word teases you would give for season three that won't tell, won't spoil anything, but just one thing where when we see it? Uh, like last season, Bill Wolkoff gave us go. And when we saw Spock sit down in the chair and, and give the warp order, we saw it said, ah, oh, that's what he meant by go. Do you have any uh, one word teases for season yeah. three?
1: Dun, dun, dun.
8: <laughs> <laughs>
3: Ooh. Ooh. Perfect.
0: Perfect. Thank love you. Love it. <laughs> love it.
3: Oh, man. Well, I will be listening for "Fucky" for Christmas and future Christmas movies. I Seriously, hope it makes yeah. like some appearances. Oh, like man.
0: It- yeah.
1: And forget you for Christmas for those who've got children and for those yeah, who...
0: for future Hallmark movies. Yeah.
2: Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Keep your ears open, Danjanot. Yeah. <laughs> yes,
2: wow.
1: Danjanot and your Hallmark movies. Yes.
0: Thank you very much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. And we hope you have a very Merry Christmas.
1: You too, guys. Thank you so much. Pleasure as always.
0: Happy filming.
5: Yeah, good luck with season
0: three.
1: (laughs) Yay. Thanks, guys. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye-bye.
5: Bye. bye.
3: I don't know if we can classify that as a one-word tease, but still very exciting nonetheless.
2: Some sort of big reveal. What do we think it could be? I got to say, like... I feel like the NDAs may be stronger for season three (laughs) than they were for season two. Like everyone that we ask is really has a moment and and you can see this look on their face like, oh, wow, what can I even say? But yeah, I mean, it sounds like the drama and maybe, maybe guys, maybe we'll get a mid season two parter here. Mm. Like any chance of a cliffhanger that we get resolved the following week instead of a year and a half later.
0: That'd be pretty cool.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I am totally here for it. You know who else is totally here for us? Is our friend and caller, Newman.
12: Hi, Open Pike Night. It's Newman the Space Hippie from the Movies for Days podcast. You may or may not know that I am a big fan of horror films, a big fan of holiday horror films. And so, one of my absolute favorites that I would love to recommend to you is the 2015 Canadian Horror Anthology. A Christmas Horror Story. This movie has absolutely everything you could want in a Christmas horror anthology. You've got Santa fighting a bunch of killer elves who have become zombified and are attacking the North Pole. You've got true crime filmmakers going into a haunted place to investigate ghost stories and getting more than they bargained for. You've got changelings. You've got evil Krampus destroying an entire family in the middle of the woods and you've got it all tied together by a DJ in the fictional town of Bailey Downs connecting everything because everyone is listening to this DJ as he rattles off his love of Christmas and plays Christmas hits all night and slowly gets clearly, progressively drunker as the night goes on. Why am I recommending this to you, a Star Trek podcast? Well, maybe you heard me when I said this is a Canadian horror film. Who did they get to play the drunk, Radio DJ of Bailey (gasps) Downs. Yes, my friends. William Shatner is in this entire movie, and he is hysterical. (laughs) This banger is available on Tubi for free. I highly recommend it. I hope you guys have wonderful holidays. Thanks again for a wonderful year of podcasting. Newman the Space Hippie, out.
6: I
2: have to assume Cameron is about to run right out and find all of those and check them out. Uh, well, actually,
3: Newman, just so you know that your voice does not just speak into the void and mean nothing. I did immediately run out and uh, look for that. Not immediately, That the next night after I listened to your clip a couple days ago, I found it on Tubi and I watched it. I made it about halfway through. I know this is a running theme. I'm a busy guy. I've got kids. <laughs> I'm going to finish it. It's. I've got the spot marked. This movie is incredible. Yes. William Shatner is in fine form as the drunk DJ, uh, Santa and zombie elves. It's, it's really good so far. I can't wait to finish it. And I also have to say, it's not just William Shatner is not our only Star Trek connection. Admiral April himself. Adrian Holmes is also in the movie Oh wow as, as uh, one of the, the main characters. Uh, and he is fantastic as you would expect from Adrian Holm.
2: So, really good stuff. Thank you for the suggestion. That's amazing. That's a great Trek connection. Yeah. I honestly didn't even think to do that because I don't plan very well. <laughs> but let's go ahead and hear from our
13: next caller, Platy 3 Hey there, open pike knight. This is Platy 3 calling in with my Christmas time. Hits, shits, and misses. First off, hits... Any Christmas movie where Dan Jeanette gets to have an English accent or a French accent and play a snooty rich guy, they are great. And watching him play the exact opposite of Sam Kirk is hilarious. Shits. Oh, shit. Forgot. He was just a regular old American video game producer dude in my favorite one of his movies, Ghosts of Christmas Past. You know, the one all about the girl that ghosted a bunch of guys with her online dating Um, but fell for him, the Pac-Man fan in the end. Damn, he was actually greatly Sam Kirkish in that one. Oh, wow. Well. Misses. Hey, don't miss Bethany Jo Lenz and Christopher Pola, I believe is how his name. Um, some of my favorite WBCW stars of decades past. Along with Star Trek alum Jonathan Frakes and Robert Picardo in this year's A Biltmore Christmas on the Hallmark Channel, Frakes is in it quite a bit, and Picardo only has about thirty seconds of screen time. Uh, but it was filmed at the Biltmore House in one of my favorite cities, Asheville, North Carolina. Happy holidays, Merry Christmas, all! I've been to the Biltmore House. That's also
3: uh, where they filmed, also where they filmed Gary Oldman's mansion from Hannibal, I believe. <laughs> I think so, yeah. We need the Hannibal-Biltmore-Christmas
2: crossover. <laughs> I personally haven't been there, but there are very few callers that can say they've built more of the foundation <laughs> of Open
8: Pike Night than our next caller, our first caller, Peter. 2023 is almost over. Where did the year go? Your discussion questions for this episode jogged my memories of Christmas holidays during my childhood. My favorite Christmas movie is Frank Capra's It's a Wonderful Life, which starred James Stewart as George Bailey and Donna Reed as Mary Bailey. I grew up during the 1980s, and it was around that time this movie started to be repeatedly broadcast during the holiday season and had multiple releases on VHS and DVD. This was because Republic Pictures did not renew its copyright of the film in the mid-70s. The film's themes of self-sacrifice and one person making a difference, which have been covered on Star Trek, are timeless. I'm also reminded of the Christmas episodes of TV shows. I watched a lot of reruns of 60s and 70s TV shows growing up and recalled the Christmas episodes for shows like The Brady Bunch, Gilligan's Islands, and The Flintstones. As a young child, I wonder why we only saw those episodes during the holidays and not the rest of the year. Congratulations on another successful year of Open Pike Night, and I look forward to what Open Pike Night has in store for 2024. I would like to wish John, Jesse, Cameron, and all your listeners a happy holiday season. Thank you so much, Peter. That is really cool. And
2: I have to be honest, it was hard for me not to pick Christmas episodes Mm. of TV as well. (laughs) My wife is a huge Christmas episode aficionado. Mm. I am not exaggerating that. Last night, we literally watched a Benihana Christmas, which is one of the, I believe it's season three Christmas episode from the American Office, Mm -hmm. and directed by Harold Ramis, in case you didn't know.
3: Very nice. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm glad you brought up the TV Christmas specials. Those are definitely iconic in their own right, for sure.
2: Now, of course, we can't talk this much about Christmas movies and hear this much about Dan Janat. Without hearing from Dan Janot, you guys, we got Dan Janot on our Christmas special. Take it away, John.
11: Hello, Open Pike Night. This is Dan Janot calling in from uh, from Ireland, actually, where I am shooting on location. I just wanted to send my season's greetings and uh, also to share with you all my top five Christmas movies. Five Christmas films. Uh, Starting with Elf. I mean, come on. Classic. Instant classic, wasn't it? As soon as it came out. Will Ferrell, Ed Asner. Just so joyful. So silly. So funny. Uh, Next up, Scrooged. A little bit more cynical, perhaps, than Elf. But it's got its heart in the right place. Uh, Featuring Bill Murray and everyone's favorite lanthanite, Carol Kane. Next up, the 1964 Claymation Spectacular rudolph the red-nosed reindeer you you might think if you haven't seen it lately that rudolph the red-nosed reindeer is a sort of straightforward old-timey heartwarming christmas tale you should watch it again it is bizarre it is weird it is inexplicable and it is sending a lot of weird messages to children highly recommended next up batman returns ah The snow falling on Gotham City while the penguin watches malevolently from the sewers. That's Christmas for me. And finally, um, the movie that I think I'm going to watch this year with my boy, a perennial favorite, a Muppet Christmas Carol. I mean, Michael Caine, Gonzo, Kermit, Miss Piggy. What a gift! What a gift. Uh, So those are my top five Christmas movies. And I just want to say Merry Christmas to all of you good folks who make Open Pike Night and all of the fans who call in and really make the show what it is. Uh, I hope you all have an amazing holiday season. And I can tell you, I already know what my Christmas gift is for myself this year. My gift is that I get to go back to work in a couple of days Um, working on season three of Star Trek Strange New Worlds. We are all so happy that we get to get back to work on this and that soon we will be bringing you an all-new season. So Merry Christmas and take care, everybody. Dan out.
0: You guys,
2: is your heart not (laughs) warmed?
3: Just when I don't think I can fall more in love with the man. That was amazing.
2: Every time. He's kind. He's professional. He knows how to tease the next season. He's everything you want in a Kirk. And I couldn't help myself last night. I queued up Operation Annihilate. And I'm really upset to know that Sam Kirk's story ends that way. But I'm so glad that we get, (laughs) what, probably 15 seasons of Strange New Worlds before that happens. Easily. Easily. So that We can really, really feel that loss the same way Jim Kirk does.
3: 100%. Also, Dan, thank you so much for mentioning Batman Returns. I do always forget it's a Christmas movie until I watch it. I'm looking at my list. I'm, we'll see if things swap around by the time we get to it. Uh, but yeah, great <laughs> list,
2: Dan. Great list, of course. And yes. Well, Cameron... You are basically out of time because it is time to share our top five Christmas movies.
0: Let's have producer John go first this time. All right. Well, I am going to agree with Dan. Scrooge is in my top five. I've enjoyed that since I saw it when I was a little kid and did not get so many of the jokes <laughs> that I get now when I, when I go back and watch it. Uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang uh, from Shane Black Ooh. is an excellent Christmas movie and Shane Black loves christmas mm. movies. I mean Iron Man 3 is a mm-hmm. christmas movie but uh I think his pinnacle of them is is Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. I this one's a little odd but I really like White Christmas, the Black Mirror episode with John mm-hmm. Hamm.
6: Oh yeah. And
0: it's like I know it's not technically like a heartwarming <laughs> christmas movie but like i love that as that i watch that at christmas every year not on christmas but i just watched it a couple days ago cuz like yeah it is it really captures the feeling of the not great stuff that christmas can bring uh, i really like miracle on 34th street um yeah. the original i i i watched it not not every year but i watched it a couple of years ago and forgot it's like oh yeah this is this is a good solid christmas movie there's a reason classics are classics and then oh, man with my final i'm gonna have to go i gotta go with die hard mm. i gotta agree with our callers <laughs> hard not to yeah gremlins is so good but i gotta go with die hard
2: miracle on 34th street that's the one with john hammond from jurassic park mm. correct yeah <laughs> that's right yeah all oh. right cameron did you shuffle
3: and what do you all right, got? So I think I'm going to have to go Four Christmases Christmas with the cranks jingle all the way. Mm. Um, oh, wait. No, wrong list. Sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Uh, yeah. Number one. Gremlins. My favorite Christmas movie. That movie is insane. Like I said, but in such a good way, just watch the background when. When the every time the dad calls, there's like time travel happening in the background of those scenes. It's mm-hmm. incredible. Yes, there is. The, yeah, <laughs> uh, Phoebe Cates' whole speech about finding out there's no Santa. Kids, close your ears. Uh, one of the funniest things ever put to film. Uh, gremlins is amazing.
0: The the fact that the mom takes out yes. more gremlins than anybody, and nobody ever gives her <laughs> the respect she deserves. Uh, so, Gremlins number
3: two. I had the theme in my music top five got to have home alone. I just watched it again the other Mm -hmm. day. It's, it's so good. All the Looney Tunes slapstick humor works because of the heart of that film, because of the scene between him and the old man and the church, like without that scene, the movie falls apart, but with it, it's Christmas gold, uh, Christmas vacation. It's hard to beat again. We're just watching it the other day. I was thinking like, Oh, what would a new version of this be? Could you make, like, another just domestic Christmas movie about, like, all the trials and tribulations of family Christmas? No, nothing about Santa, your dad's not becoming Santa, no big trips or anything, just the normal, everyday Christmas stuff. And you couldn't really. This movie tackled it all, and it still holds up. It's so good, Uh, everything about it. And as you get older, you you relate more and more with the neighbors next door. <laughs> uh. <laughs> uh Number four... So this is like Die Hard, Batman Returns. I'm going to finally settle on Scrooge. Scrooge is the you need that classic uh, Christmas Carol story. Muppets Christmas Carol is very close, but for me, Scrooge takes it. And then my number five, Newman, this one's for you. I love a good holiday horror movie, too. And the one that made my list the jack frost horror film i don't care what you say yeah i love every gd minute of that movie it is so silly and goofy it knows exactly what it wants to be and nails it
0: what not gary Busey's he's the gingerbread man <laughs> <laughs> no but now i'm gonna go watch it <laughs> sorry ginger dead man sorry oh oh that's right, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I think I'm the opposite of
2: Cameron. When I hear Gary Busey, I'm like, I probably won't watch that, but (laughs) he's definitely an acquired taste, and the taste is teeth. All right, so this is the only list that I actually managed to put in order, my Christmas songs. It was just so hard to do, but this one, I actually buckled down and I numbered them. So I'm going to start with number five, Bad Santa. The first time that I saw Bad Santa, I was maybe slightly too young. (laughs) Um... But as again, as you get older, you appreciate things differently, and there are just so many one-liners in that movie, and like sitcom level absurdity to some of the situations. I I really can't get over it. Number four for me is going to be the Frosty the Snowman TV Christmas movie animated special. That one is, I think it's probably one of the first that I saw as a kid, and it just it stuck with me and. The vocals are really good. Like, Frosty's voice is, is very charming, and I really, really like it. Number three, Cameron, I'm going to agree with you, Christmas Vacation. You said so much good about it, so I'll just echo all of that. Todd and Margot are two of my favorite movie characters <laughs> ever, and they're really not even main characters in that movie. Doubling up again for number two, the first Home Alone. Yes, the second Home Alone movie... You know, fun, but it's it's a carbon copy of the first movie, and the first movie got so much right that it's really difficult for me to argue with that. That song from the movie is on one of the playlists in my house, so I've probably heard it 16 times already this year, and I am not sick of it. And, of course, at number one, the original How the Grinch Stole Christmas. That's my favorite Christmas movie of all time. I really don't care for the Jim Carrey remake. I have not seen, I think it's Benedict Cumberbatch is the CG animated Grinch. I haven't oh, seen really? that one yet. Oh. But I just, yeah, I, for me, that movie doesn't need to be expanded to a feature length. It's perfect how it is. It really gets the spirit of Christmas across in a way that even kids can understand. So I have to stick with the original How the Grinch Stole Christmas.
3: Very good, yeah. I'll say the Benedict Cumberbatch one has grown on me over time, but yeah, it doesn't need to be there and the song is, is terrible. <laughs> Benedict Cumberbatch and was it Thurl Ravencroft? Yeah. <laughs> like how are you I gonna guess even that movie beat just that name? needs those names, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, uh, Plattie, you will be very happy to hear our upcoming announcements. That we do have a a holiday live stream for our patrons, the $10 and up, I believe, uh, tiers are able to join us for our holiday live stream of Dan Janot's Hallmark Masterpiece, Ghosts of
2: Christmas Past. I am very excited for this. Every time we have a live stream, our patrons show up in force. It's a ton of fun. If you haven't checked out the stream of thought with Davey Perez watching Star Trek 6, The Undiscovered Country with us, go check it out. You don't even need to be a patron for that one right now. You can get the audio version and listen to it while you play the movie, it basically functions just like a commentary track. And the same is true for our recently mentioned interview with Onitra Johnson. We did watch TOS's The Devil in the Dark, and we got some insights about how that helped inspire Lost in Translation from season two of Strange New Worlds. Gentlemen, I don't know about you.
3: Dan Janot is not joining us for Ghost or Christmas Pass. That's just an us live stream, and we will be doing it December 30th. I don't know if we have a time yet, but just uh stay tuned to your patron announcements and we'll get you the time when we will all be watching my first Dan's Not Hallmark movie. Ooh, Mine too,
2: actually. Yeah, Mine too. <laughs>
6: Gentlemen, right.
2: I don't know about you, but I have presents to wrap. Mm-hmm. I have cookies to bake. I don't have any decoration left to do, but I have a ton of food to cook and a lot of schedules to coordinate for this upcoming holiday so i think it's probably time that we go ahead and get on out of here i do just want to say one more time thank you to all of our amazing strange yule worlds christmas special guests christina chong onitra johnson dan janat and of course all of our wonderful callers oh and jerry o'connell who doesn't even know jerry (laughs) (laughs) joining us for our christmas spectacular (laughs) that's that's the spirit of christmas right there
3: that's right. Yes. Thank you, everyone. This has been a lot of fun. Kind of like Jesse mentioned at the beginning, kind of thrown together because we got these opportunities and then we made some calls and were able to make this happen. And it was a lot of fun hearing your calls and just talking the spirit of the season.
2: And of course, make sure you're watching those socials at Open Pike for all of the big announcements coming for Open Pike Night. And just go to openpike.com to get everything you
0: need for the show all in one place. And just remember, You can go anywhere you want and bring good cheer. (laughs) Oh, I like this.